0: So retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History?
1: Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of kids' classic, The Very Hungry Caterpillar.
0: On Tuesday, how Roquefort became the cheese of kings. On Wednesday, we meet the Jobs and Wozniak of the 1800s.
1: On Thursday, the history of the YMCA, from the City of London to the village people.
0: And on Friday, the edgy musical that made Greece the word. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Before history is written,
2: Bobby Orr, behind the door!
0: it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.
1: Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that has complete control of its microphones. Meow,
2: meow, meow, meow,
1: meow. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast is excited about this episode as Kimi was to win his first Grand Prix in five years.
0: Yep.
1: Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the fake cowboy outfit of F1 podcast.
0: Worst race suit ever. Mm-hmm.
1: Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that like Esteban Ocon and Kevin Magnusson is well used to being kicked out for consuming too much liquid.
0: That's booze in our case. I just want to clarify that. (laughs) Thank you. Because I suddenly thought, hang on, no, that could be misconstrued.
1: I'm G. Graz and today from sunny West London, we are going to talk about the US Grand Prix where Lewis Hamilton wrapped up his fifth world title, except he didn't. And Kimi Raikkonen won the race. What?! We'll talk about strategies, calamitous overtakes, misjudged fuel flow, and whether Roman Grosjean can make it to the end of the season without being banned. Again, that's all to come. Joining me is a motoring journalist who last week explored the third oldest city in the world. It is Phil Troman's. Hello. What, what a claim.
0: Uh, yes, I went to uh, Matera in southern Italy to drive a Lamborghini. How was it? The city or the car? Both. Car, pretty good if you like an SUV with Lamborghini flavour. That's it's expensive.
2: If you like old cities and don't mind walking up a lot of steps, Matera. Phil, this Lamborghini, you said it's an SUV.
0: Yes. Why? <laughs> because everybody wants SUVs around the world these days, particularly markets like China, the Middle East, Russia. They all want SUVs. And uh, so everyone's going, oh, I think we should make an SUV. So London I suppose here. you're right,
2: it's quite handy to get a body out of an embassy, isn't it?
1: And alongside him, well it's not actually alongside, down, down a phone line, is a man who's been up since yesterday, it's Terry Saunders.
2: Hi everybody, yes I am for once actually literally phoning it in, as well as my normal performance. I am in my flat, because I'm too tired to come across London, because... I had to get up at half past four this morning to go to work and I've got to get up tomorrow at half past four again and frankly I'm exhausted and yeah I know that some people listening have got kids or maybe have jobs where they have to get up at this time most of the time but sorry I'm used to a kind of podgy cosy life where I get up at about 10 o'clock and frankly this is killing me.
1: How long have you got to do it for?
2: Just two days.
0: Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievably slack. Uh, Chica, have you been up to anything lazy?
1: Uh, Well, actually, you could say I have. Um, Over the weekend, I uh, developed the bug that everyone seems to have, the projectile vomit bug.
0: Oh,
2: look! well, I'm glad I'm in the same room as
1: you. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, especially as I clean that microphone with my saliva.
2: Remember the rules we've got on this podcast. You're only allowed 105 kilograms of projectile vomit per show. (laughs) (laughs)
1: So, yet again, let's ham-fistedly throw ourselves into an overtake, crash into someone and spin off hopelessly at Listener's Corner. Yes, it's another episode of The Wacky Adventures of Cipasta Ian Vettinardo. Faced with yet another must-perform race, the finger-waggling doofus once again spanned it completely on lap one, crashing into Daniel Ricciardo and disappearing. Into a cloud of tyre smoke. So James Knight said, Seems like Maldonadoitis, where he just can't stop smacking into other cars. Every time Seb gets within three miles of another car, he just latches himself onto them like a disease. It's pathetic. Learn how to race or give Kimmy the seat for next year. Craig Howard says, With all of those spins, I think Seb might be on Strictly next year. Oh, that's good. Uh, Craig Thurston has a theory. Vettel clearly only hit Ricciardo's car because of the stupid cowboy boots and jeans overalls Red Bull went with, and it was clearly justified.
0: Lots to unpack there. Should mm. we start with Vettel? That was the story of his season, basically, in, in one corner, wasn't it? Absolutely had to perform to keep his already slim title hopes alive. Didn't. Messed it up before the race even started by speeding under a red flag and getting a three-place grid penalty. Then didn't have a brilliant start but had an okay start tried to make up a position and I think literally the first overtake he tried he crashed into Martinado, Uh, crashed into who's got he's on the mind he crashed into Ricardo and spun thus even further screwing his race which is ridiculous because when you look at how the race panned out and the performance of the Ferrari and the Mercedes he could have won that race
2: I mean I can't even begin to describe how rubbish Vettel is <laughs> When it comes to starting a race, we're going to hear a lot about Verstappen today, I'm sure. Whoop you do? But Verstappen <laughs> drives a Formula One race like someone on an Xbox who just kind of overtakes everyone on the first lap and is suddenly in the lead. And Vettel drives a Formula One race like someone who starts an Xbox game and realises that the controller's set up wrong and just kind of mm. goes, oh, it's just not working. And that's what he does. He's just, I don't understand. How does he spin so easy?
0: It was ridiculous. It's the same as that we were all discussing in Japan when he crashed into him and somehow defied physics and he spun even though he was the one that punted into somebody else and exactly the same thing happened again. Uh, Maybe I've the no Ferrari's got too
2: much spin force.
0: Yes, that could be. I it. Spin mean,
1: force. didn't spin, so
0: no, he won.
1: More on that later. Yes,
0: indeed. Should we should we also discuss the Red Bull outfits? Did you see? I them? didn't hate I them. God.
1: What? I just thought you're going to look back on that in. And- One week's time and just think, (laughs) what the hell was I doing? It
0: was particularly funny when Ricardo was out and had got out of the car and was walking along and was clearly absolutely furious that his engine had failed yet again, but was dressed as sort of Woody from Toy Story.
1: And then uh, at the end, uh, Verstappen said, oh, my boots have broken.
0: Yes, (laughs) Verstappen Verstappen. broke his boots. There's a snake in my boot.
2: (laughs) It would have been better if Liberty had paid for like a little kind of mariachi band to follow (laughs) Ricardo. When he was well, out of the car.
0: They, I hope they have mariachi outfits at um, at uh, Mexico. Yeah,
2: or just have like just them. have like some... I know, that'd be better. When the car conks out, as it inevitably would, we'd all know, there should be like just some line dancing behind him. So I'm just copying his moves. So when he punches <laughs> a hole in the wall, like 20 people behind him also punch a hole in the wall.
0: Yeah, which he apparently did. Christian. Hole. Yeah, Christian Horner said he punched a hole in the door in the motorhome.
1: Oh wow, that's I not. I mean, you like, can understand
0: it. I, can't I mean, that's, imagine him. Doing he must that. have more DNFs through mechanicals yeah. than anything else this year. I haven't got them in front of me, but but I that's mean, I've toxic
2: masculinity, out. Phil. You don't need to punch a hole in a wall because <laughs> you're pissed off. You could just write a poem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'd like to see that. That's what Räikkönen's been doing with his haikus.
1: The sound of F1 cars has been much discussed ever since V10s became V8s and then V6s. But at Austin, the oral magic was back. Ross Middleton says, fair play to whichever Texans spurred on by their piss-weak American beer somehow got on the mic of the world feed and started making meow noises, almost Partridge-esque.
0: It was brilliant. And it's not the I best thing this, this year. Yeah, uh, it's a shame you missed it, because basically, out of nowhere, and I thought initially it was just on the Sky feed, you just hear in the background as as Crofty and Brundle are commentating, somebody Mm. going, meow, 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 meow,
1: meow, meow. Was it funny or annoying? It was
0: funny, because it it only lasted for about a minute and a half, if that, before somebody clearly realised which mic it was and turned it off. But um, they, yeah, it confused everybody completely, and it just sounded like the producer in the background was <laughs> just making these noises. And shut up! Really into shut it. up! But then it turned Stop. out it was on the world feed, and it was on every single broadcast. You should try that, Matt.
2: Which is amazing.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, I thought said. it was fucking brilliant. I thought it was just almost poetic in its uh, brilliance. <laughs> I applaud whoever did it, and if we ever if they can ever work out who it is, I want to give that man a prize or woman, all woman, might be a woman. Sound like a I man. You want to give that man a woman? Well, it sounded like a man because it was someone watching Formula One. Let's let's look at our demographics. But then again, it was someone who was clearly bored by the Formula One. Could be a woman.
1: I think we're gender stereotyping here, Terry. You know what I feel about. I that. think
2: I'm just using the data at hand. Chika. Formula One is boring <laughs> to most people, and <laughs> women are us. half of most people. I mean, you can't
1: argue with that, can you? Okay, so no doubt to your dismay, Terry, Max Verstappen again provided a masterclass in overtaking. He came from 18th on the grid to finish a second. Henry James Barton said Max overtook the entire grid apart from Iceman, and Iceman fucking won. Liam Dominic Hanaway said Kimmy and Max should be the talking point and how the bearded rambler, I think he means you, Terry, what? talks bollocks around them non-stop. Best drivers on the grid today. Vettel is the fuck up that Terry needs to focus all his attention on.
2: Firstly, yeah, I don't like being told what to do, so <laughs> <laughs> this is already riding me. Secondly, bearded rambler. I don't know why, but the image that I get there is that I'm walking through a field with just my beard and no clothes on which I'm <laughs> kind of fine with Kimmy did okay because Vettel fucked up if Vettel hadn't fucked up Kimmy would have been embarrassingly told to let him through so yeah let's take that secondly Max is whenever Max was happening comes up behind anyone they go oh he's one of the Red Bulls I may as well get out of the way because there's no point in me holding him up because they're in the car that's in the A series and we're in the B series so you know fuck that he did all right. 18th to the second. No, yeah, yeah, yeah but you're making that sound like it's to the second. You're making that sound like 18th to second in when it mattered. Really, if you think about it, Vettel fucked up. Bottas is just dead inside. Yeah. Hamilton is trying to protect his championships. He's not going to take any risks. So, Ricardo's out. So, that means the best he could have got was second, but also means the worst he could have got was second. He did exactly averagely how you'd expect him to do under those situations we're going to get tweets aren't we (laughs)
1: meanwhile the rain in practice followed by a dry race and the excitement that followed has given Paul Hinton an idea ban practices all practices even pre-season ones don't tell teams anything about the tyres just let the drivers turn up get in and go leads to a great race. In fact, don't even tell them what the buttons on the steering wheel do if you don't know anything about the tyres and how they're going to last. You can't spend boring laps managing them. This sounds like Terry.
2: This does sound like one of my mad ideas, but unfortunately, uh, Paul, this won't work because... Um, actually, no, it's a great idea. Let's do it. I think get rid of the drivers as well. Let's just get people off the street. Ooh. Just say, you, you, you and you. Like You know... Um, when jury service right mm-hmm. so you get an envelope in the post and it says you have been what's the word it's compelled to uh, do your civic duty and drive for Mercedes at the Singapore Grand Prix <laughs>
1: Amazing. So in other news, it's been a while since anyone was kicked out of a race, but both Esteban Ocon and Kevin Magnusson were disqualified from the points finishing positions in Austin. Unlucky Ocon's car broke the fuel flow limit on lap one, while the bullsucker used 0.1 kilogram too much fuel during the race. I don't, I don't understand this, okay? No one does. Can you help me out? Yeah,
0: basically. I mean, it's not exciting, but Ocon... Ocon's, Summarize
1: it in ten words.
0: There's a limit to how much fuel that's you can too many fire words. into the car, and Ocon fired too much fuel into the car.
2: They have fuel sense, so too much fuel, disqualified. Yes. Whereas,
0: but and they also it, there's um, only so much fuel they can I've use. I've got three the words left race, over:
2: banana, used
0: pineapple, pineapple, So, peach. so <laughs>
1: yeah. shush. So, let's say they put ten liters of fuel in.
0: Well, they can use. They can use. I think it's a hundred. I want to say a hundred kilos. Let's say, for the sake of argument, the limit on what you can use. I think it might be one hundred and five. Uh, you can use one hundred and five kilos.
2: Okay, to interrupt. So- to interrupt. For the record, it's the only place in the world where they do fuel in kilograms, not liters.
1: Okay. Which so is also put, confusing. Say you put a hundred kilograms of fuel in. So they can't use all of that.
2: Well, they've got to leave some left
0: at the end so they can test it to make sure they haven't used illegal fuel. So you've got Uh, to have fuel left. What did
1: just test it before?
0: At the end. Well, what if they change Mm, it after they test it? Mm, Isn't it? Mm, Mm. Why don't they only test the athletes before and not after for the drugs? Good point. Um, So uh, yeah, that's why. And also, there's there's a limit on how much fuel you can fire into the engine because otherwise everyone would fire in as much fuel as they can to get more power. I was hoping. I was
1: hoping it's gonna be a lot more exciting than
0: that. No, it's not exciting at all.
1: Okay but Lance roll is going to force India for a test for some reason force India which is owned by Lance's dad Lawrence hasn't officially announced that Lance will be driving for them next year but it has announced that he'll drive for them at the post season test in Abu Dhabi does that mean that if he doesn't impress at the test, he won't get a seat? It
0: would be amazing if that happens.
2: I think Lawrence Stroll is angling for a really good Christmas present this year. Can you imagine Christmas Day at the Stroll House? And, uh, oh, what what's that big box at the corner for you, Lars Could that be your contract? Let's see what you've given me first. It's a tie, Dad. It's a fucking tie. Right, you're staying at bloody Williams. I don't know why they haven't announced it, but surely he's going to go. It'd be great if it, that, that's when he chose to announce that he's not really his son.
0: <laughs> it's all been an
2: experiment for one dollar. Can we get a pauper off the street to be a Formula One driver? <laughs>
0: Are you saying Lance Stroll is some weird social experiment who is actually a
2: homeless urchin? I
1: would explain a lot.
2: Yeah, it's basically the plot of Trading Places.
1: <laughs> tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake or find us on Facebook where we're For F1's Sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. <laughs> So now time for the team's Ferrari. So Raikkonen's won for the first time since he was at Lotus in 2013, which was, of course, 113 races ago. I'd love to be the person that had to sit there and count that. And he's Oh, he know, Some old- people
2: fucking love to do that. They'll do it for free. They'll just do it. For just, <laughs> Why, just for I'd fucking fun of it.
1: Wasn't expecting to be paid. Anyway, the oldest winner since Terry's idol slash god, Nigel Mansell, in 1994. Yes. He said he was pretty happy, but... He said there's probably some people that are happier than him. Admitting to being a bit happy is is probably a season highlight for me. Uh, Vettel got a penalty, as we said, for ignoring a red flag in practice. Collided with Ricardo at the beginning. You've got to admit that we all have a
0: soft spot for Raikkonen. Speak for yourself.
1: No. Meh. Oh, I love him. I
0: meh him. I love him. There we go. He's occasionally
2: amusing and then in equal parts just like oh for fuck's sake man, just get yourself together and do your job. I mean, I'm totally sick of the memes of Oh, isn't he grumpy? I don't give a shit and I'm totally sick of his lackluster performances in the last ten years. But I like him and when he's good he's a good driver. I just wish there was more good drivers. I don't think we should I don't think we should be wanking him off because he's won a race in the dominant car. Like, there's two cars that could win races this year, and he's only managed to win one. That's actually pretty shit, and he's still quite <laughs> shit this year. He just did well today, yes, this weekend. Well done to him. I'm glad he got a race win, but frankly, he's over the hill for that Ferrari. I mean, I will,
0: I will give him some kudos for being very old, though. He's actually older than me, and I think older than you as well, Terry, is he not? Yep. Uh, so but that he's, means he's we form- still have a chance. I mean, Terry's he's a officially- Formula One driver. Yeah, well, you know, there but for the grace of God,
1: mm. we we can do go karting. So,
0: well, Terry's retired, but I'm still I'm still in the game, <laughs> which makes me think I could still win an F1 race uh-huh. if I was just uh-huh. um, You know, better.
1: Mercedes. So in the opening stages, Hamilton lost his lead to Ferrari sidekick Raikkonen in the first lap. Uh, both Mercedes had dodgy slash potentially sabotaged tyres, I made that bit up, and of course the tyre strategy didn't work Hamilton had to pit, which is where it all went wrong and then Bottas was struggling at the end. W- were tyres the only thing that caused the race to go wrong? If it wasn't for the tyre cock-up would Hamilton have won? E-
0: maybe. That's not the answer, yes or no. If Well, with Vettel still ballsing everything up I mean, at the beginning of the race, when the safety car the virtual safety car came out And Hamilton dives into bits and Ferrari did nothing. I think we were all like, well, Ferrari have cocked it up again. Golden rule of uh, virtual safety car is pit, for God's sake. But as it turned out, it was probably a bit too early. Mm. And it meant that Hamilton committed himself to a two-stop. And then there was all sorts of sort of faffing around when they tried to figure out how long to leave him out. And it's the whole getting him on faster tyres versus it being a hard track to overtake on. And so track position is more important. But didn't they choose Um, the
1: wrong tyres?
0: Well, they didn't. They uh, they didn't have a choice because they. Uh, some people were going, "Oh, wouldn't you go on the softer tyres or mm. the faster tyres?
1: Was it? Was but it they had. he
0: hadn't got any left. He'd already used them oh. all. The only, well. because wasn't well, it? Weekend. Verstappen
1: was the only one that used that.
0: He had a slightly different comeback because he was starting at the back. He had oh. a free choice on tyres, and he started on the um, on the the harder of the compound tyres, so that he could just blat his way through and stay out for ages. I think. Smart. Um anyway it worked but uh, yeah it was one of those things where in retrospect it didn't it didn't work but i'll be honest at the time i thought ferrari had cocked it up and it was only later on where i was like oh no they've played a masterstroke
2: well it wasn't just you thinking it the commentators also say oh they've cocked up and the thing is you you watch Formula One with commentary because you go these people are experts they know what they're talking about and it was like when in bake-off you know how wait, they show wait. someone cocking up in the first challenge and you just go they're going home. it's editing you know <laughs> they they're planting the seed that they're going to mm. go home and then yeah. that person doesn't go home and you feel slightly duped and I feel slightly duped by Martin Brandon and David Croft because they said Ferrari did it wrong and Mercedes did it right and then I cockily go on Twitter going oh Ferrari did it wrong and Mercedes did it right because I've trusted them to make me look clever and now I look like a dick <laughs> <laughs> well, i think we all did because
0: if, if we've said this before if it's like a golden they should have a post-it note on the thing it's like when there's a safety car you pit
2: but can we take a moment to talk about raikkonen's dummy into the pits <laughs> yes. that was great oh
1: that was, was yeah. a bit of a
0: lackluster dummy i have to say
2: no, well he's old <laughs> but was,
1: so i'm going to ask the question that everyone's asked Titleway away mexico
0: yes yeah. I think all Hamilton has to do is finish seventh.
1: I'm glad he didn't I'm glad he didn't win it here because it would be amazing if he if he got the championship and won the race. Coming in coming in seventh, it's just what a letdown. Do you not think? Or am I just being a bit seventh? romanticized he here? Yeah, yeah, but it's in Mexico, if he finishes in seventh oh, I see what you great, mean. he's won.
0: But you'd rather he does a Barnstormer and wins the race. Absolutely. And then wins in glory and yeah. runs around like he did last year. It was last year he won it in Mexico, wasn't it? When Ooh. he he then came into the stadium and ran around, and David Coulthard was trying to interview him, and he wouldn't stop. Mm. <laughs> and then that bloke fell over. Oh, uh, good times! Yeah, maybe we'll have that again.
1: But Hamilton still had the fastest lap, so it you know it wasn't all bad.
0: Well, he was absolutely flying towards mm. the end because he he obviously did his late pit stop and got on new tyres and was absolutely hand over fist, you know, catching uh, Raikkonen and Verstappen. But then the age old aero problem uh, came along again. He got within one second of them. And suddenly his front wing stopped working and you could see him in different sections of the track, you know, on the on the straights and in the faster faster bits. He'd come right up behind him and then as soon as it got into the twisty bits where having downforce on your car is super important, when he was following too closely behind the car, he just couldn't get anywhere near them and the car wasn't working, and it's it's the same stuff we've been rabbiting on about for ages. Red
1: Bull. So as we've, we've spoken about before, um, we've got mixed opinions, but I thought these guys looked like tits. Um, Ricardo being driven away on the back of a motorbike dressed as a cowboy was tragic, but also my highlight of the race. Uh, Verstappen was truly, and I don't care what you say, Terry, one of the most impressive drives of the season, starting in 18th after a gearbox penalty and at the end managing to hold off the best car, arguably, on the track. If it wasn't for the penalty, would he have won?
2: Well, if it wasn't for him driving stupidly over the curbs that were put there to stop him, after he cheated over those same curbs last year, then maybe he'd have qualified better.
0: This is a good point. It it was quite amusing in the build-up to the race because, obviously, remember last year where Verstappen overtook Raikkonen. off the track and then went into the podium room and then they said no no you've been demoted get out um so this year they put these big sausage curbs on to stop him doing. they call them the verstoppers which is very good. Mm, good um and then no sooner had they done that than he broke his car on them in uh in qualifying uh thus proving them exactly right so it was sort of his fault that he was there in the first place and the penalty just sort of compounded that further um i don't know if he would have won it it depends what the Ferraris had done. you have to say the yeah. Ferrari looked like the quickest car this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um I've just realised we didn't mention bottas at all. Let's continue that. Yeah, um yeah, Ricardo oh Ricci- sad sad cowboy Ricardo on the yeah. motorbike.
1: He is he's just got his eyes on Renault now. He doesn't care.
0: And that's gotta be a depressing although Renault did alright this weekend, but mm, generally it's got later. to be quite depressing.
1: Williams! So it wasn't an actual horrendous weekend for for Williams, or at least compared to what they've had so far. If it wasn't for the collisions, um, they could have been in the points, maybe? Um, mm. After, uh, we'll argue about this in a minute. After Stroll collided with Alonso, who sort of pretended he didn't care when he was asked about it afterwards, I think he was glad to get out of doing it, uh, he got a drive through penalty, and Sirotkin made contact with Van Dorn at the start. Good weekend?
2: No.
0: Well, compared no, to the carnage
1: terrible. they usually have.
2: I mean it's pretty depressing that Williams and McLaren are hitting each other at the back. That's just like childhood dreams gone. That's like uh Oh, that's like um Zippy from Rainbow having a fight with Sooty. <laughs> I'd actually watch that. I, it's it's pay-per-view. It's I mean of, Zippy would destroy him. You think so? But Oh, the song Sooty, is different if nothing else. Silent but deadly. Mm. <clears throat> um <coughs> But in better news, we've heard we've learnt two things about Williams this week. One, George Russell is going to drive for them next year, which mm-hmm. is good. And two, Frank Williams has a picture <laughs> of Margaret Thatcher in his office. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> to be fair, that that doesn't really come as a surprise.
0: No, it doesn't. You I mean, it does and it before, doesn't. He's a Tory I mean,
2: boy through and through. We know his politics, but still, I don't know. I mean, there's know.
0: politics and there's, I mean... <laughs> I mean, you know, there's we all have our political leanings, but I don't know about you. I don't have any pictures of any political people
1: really? anywhere. I've got a statue of Theresa May in my kitchen. <laughs>
2: I've got nice Paul Pot in here. my kitchen cupboard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um Yeah, uh, yeah, we um talking about the Stroll penalty, it's that seemed a little bit harsh, I have to say. Watching the onboard from Stroll, he was just sort of happily putting along and then Sorokin squeezed Alonso into him and then Stroll got the penalty. I thought that was a little bit harsh. But um, also, they're always going to be right at the back with no points, so it kind of makes no difference.
1: Force India. Fuel breaches, as we have talked about, Ockham and Magnuson were excluded due to unprecedented surges of fuel. And thank you for explaining it. I totally understand. (laughs) Um, Now, McLaren are only 11 points ahead of Force India now. Are McLaren really ahead of Force India? I know. Let me double How check that. that was like
2: this because Force India went bust and lost all their points. McLaren hey. are 11 yes, points yes, ahead yes, of Force yes, India yes, yes. for the second oh, half awesome. of the
0: season. Terry, this isn't like you. This seems like old news now, doesn't it? I'd forgotten all about that.
2: Force um, McLaren are nearly ahead of half of Force India. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is McLaren with one of the best drivers that's ever raced a Formula
2: One car. And Fernando Alonso.
0: Stoffel van Doffel.
2: Hey, (laughs) yes. Has, has, baby. Dum, 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 (laughs) (laughs) dum, (laughs) dum. Stop. Could I break? uh, Listen. Listen. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: (laughs) good. Tightly. Um, has drivers decided just to piss everyone off this weekend. Uh, Grosjean collided with Leclerc, which is totally his fault, and retired. He now has a three-place grid drop and a penalty point for Mexico. Magnussen finished in ninth, but he was disqualified, as we said, for using too much fuel.
0: Ugh. Grosjean is suddenly only two penalty points away from a one-race ban.
1: Oh, is he? And
0: I haven't actually yet, as we record this, looked up when all his points get wiped off again.
2: No, but some of his points get wiped off the Monday after the next race. So if he fucks oh, up at the next race, he could get a ban. Which wouldn't
0: be the first time he's had a one race ban. Was it Belgium no. 12 13? Well, Fact was, I'm pretty sure this whole point pilot.
2: system I'm pretty sure this whole point system came in because <laughs> he a got a ban and they wanted to make it more <laughs> official.
0: <laughs> it would be quite funny if he's the first person to uh, to suffer from the ban that he instig- uh, from the system that he instigated. But um Yeah, bloody Grosjean. Every now and again, he's really good. And he keeps his nose clean for a bit. And then he just does a series of ridiculously stupid things and makes us hate him all over again.
1: Renault. So, the positive things from this weekend is Renault's best combined result of the season. And they are now 22 points clear of Haas. Negative things, Sainz needs to learn the rules. He was handed a five-second time penalty for exceeding track limits and gaining an advantage.
0: The science thing seemed also a little bit harsh, having watched a replay of it, and it didn't look anything more than a lot of people had been doing all blooming Weekend. I seem to remember in qualifying, quite a few people were getting their times deleted for going off the track at one particular corner, but then going off the track, the other corners were absolutely fine. But um, he was the
1: only one actually penalised.
0: Yes, and I thought that was a little bit harsh again. I thought, was it Derek Warwick in charge of the stewards this weekend? Was was doling out punishments left, right and centre. And um, I thought they were supposed to be a little bit more laissez-faire now, but um, mm. apparently not. Generally, I thought Renault had a pretty good weekend. Hulkenberg mm. was best of the rest. And I believe uh, using the guys on the Reddit Formula One subreddits thing, uh, he's now leading the Formula 1.5 championship of the also Rands. Maybe they've turned themselves around. Maybe Ricardo's not got an absolutely doomed year next year.
1: Toro Rosso. So it's an amazing weekend, especially considering they both started at the back. Hartley, we've been saying since the start, great hair but no chance. He came home in ninth. Oh, admittedly, I, I love his hair. But this is because, obviously, of qualifications. But when he took that helm of helmet off, and shook out his blonde locks. All of that was forgotten. Things were not as great for Gasly, who picked up some debris, which gave him floor probs. But are we excited about these Honda engines? No. No?
0: Yes. I, mean, less... I was excited. I mean, they were less crap.
2: After 17 years, their engines are finally as good as the worst engine on the grid. That is cause for celebration. <laughs> of sorts. I mean... Mm.
1: Is it Red Bull having them next year? Yes Okay So Is this good? Would they be pleased with that? I mean
0: I still don't think they're as good as Mercedes or Ferrari or Renault So they're still the worst engine out there (laughs) Is that a cause for excitement? I mean, maybe, although there was a there was um, uh, an accidentally recorded conversation that Gasly was having with Perez at some point over the weekend which somebody transcribed using lip reading or something which suggested that Gasly was going, yeah, it looks really good for next year and we've they've got a big power upgrade, but uh, I don't know, I'll believe it when I see it I can't Terry. imagine
2: Gasly saying I'll believe it when I see it, he seems too innocent to have a phrase like that in his vocabulary I mean, that might have been paraphrasing <laughs> also that was me saying it Do you know what Sergio? I reckon. I reckon they said they got some staff code, but I'll believe it when I see it, mate. Oh, do you know what they've they've bit me on the arse before with the Arthur (laughs) Pony and two two apples and pears.
1: Is he Cockney? No, I mean you would have said
2: all
0: this with a French accent.
1: Salber, Leclerc made contact with Grosjean, but he doesn't care. Next year is going to be amazing. This year is just work experience where he prints stuff. In this race, the metaphorical printer broke, and he DNF'd. Ericsson got
0: points. Because of disqualifications?
1: That doesn't matter.
0: He's got relegated from his own team. It's not like he's gone to a big team and he's <laughs> at the back of the garage. He's in the then. team he's still in. They're only keeping him because his backers brought a load of money to the team.
2: Terry? Oh, I don't know. They just still look like the Williams and I still get confused after a year. Can they please paint their car a different colour next year? That's all I care about.
1: Okay, McLaren. Honestly, other than Alonso being hit by stroll, I didn't saw anything that McLaren did. Van Dorn came home in 11th. Anything happen?
2: No. There was that one bit of team radio where Van Dorn was told that he'd been off the track limits like three times and another time was going to get disqualified or something. And the voice coming back was just a man who is giving the fuck up. It's just like, I don't <laughs> care. Disqualify me. I don't want a beer anymore.
0: Well, he's confirmed, hasn't he, now that he's going to Formula E. According to friend of the podcast, Jack Nichols, it's the the, the happening series of the moment. Others might say that it's where Formula One drivers go to kill their careers, but...
1: I just sometimes wonder why are they finishing the season?
0: Well, <laughs> you just think they should give up and go Just home. give
1: up and go and have a nice who's, time. Who's, who's,
0: who's McLaren's reserve driver? It's Norris, isn't it? Oh, I maybe they should get him, give him some practice.
2: I think it's you, Phil. <laughs> it might yeah. well be. I'm not, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm not that bothered.
1: <laughs> All of which brings us to The Standings with Terry Saunders
2: okay so this race as we all know was 114 races since kimi raikkonen last won a race that's saying race a lot so what other things have been 114 things since a thing here's the standings (laughs) number one of the championship lewis hamilton it's 114 yoghurt since he's touched a muller corner second place sebastian vettel it's been 114 days since he could look at himself in the mirror Kimi Räikkönen in third, 114 races since he won a race. Fourth place, Valtteri Bottas, 114 dreams awoken from where he's the number one driver. Fifth place, Max Verstappen, 114 wet dreams since last night. And in sixth place, Daniel Ricciardo has got 114 grid place penalty every race next year. Welcome to Reno. Seventh place, Nico Hülkenberg is 114 years away from his first podium where he'll race as Nico Hollowberg. 8th place Sergio Perez 114 days since he changed his pants that's just a joke about pit stops I'm very tired 9th place Kevin Magnussen 114 days since he sucked a ball you know that ball thing was like two years ago and that's all we talk about with him all I talk about 10th place 114 laps in the lead of the other cars but no Toyota have fair competition it's fine 11th place Esteban Ocon, 114 meetings and no job. 12th place, 114 (laughs) races until he gets a McLaren they can get on a podium, that's Carlos Sainz. 13th place, 114 points on his licence. 14th place, there's 114 animators working overnight to make him move, that's Pierre Gasly. (laughs) I realise I've merged this into just things that say 114. Charles Leclerc is 15th and there's been 114 commentators who have said that he is Monaghi since he was last uh, in Monaco. 16th place, Stoffer Van Dorn, 114 T-shirts of ours in an incinerator in Reading. (laughs) 17th place, Marcus Ericsson, 114 seconds till he checks his phone to make sure it's plugged in. No one's calling you, mate. 18th place, Lance Stroll, 114 points on the NASDAQ. Don't know what that means. Uh, 19th place, 114 separate curses for Brendan Hartley. And in 20th place, Sergei Sorokin, 114 is his KGB number.
1: (laughs) uh terry that was really good that was very funny thanks it was Um, a good one
2: wasn't it i really liked it
1: yeah yeah it was good it was 113 uh races since he last won
2: well fuck everything (laughs) the constructors championship now we know that mercedes are pretending they don't have them but they've definitely got a bunch of five-time world champion t-shirts in a box somewhere so what else have the teams got gathering dust in first place mercedes with their t-shirts in second place Ferrari. Oh, hang on. Our celebratory t shirts have still got a Marlboro written on them. <laughs> Third place, it's Red Bull. They they made a special ceremonial cowboy booty shoey for <laughs> Ricardo. That didn't go very well. Fourth place, Renault. Our t shirts just say, Sorry, Daniel. Fifth place, Haas. We've had the One Race Plan t shirts ready for Grosjean all year. Will we finally get to use them in Mexico? Sixth place, McLaren. Our t shirts simply say, Why? Seventh place, <laughs> Force India. We are a thrifty team, so our World Championship t shirts say, Jordan Spiker, Midland Sahara Force India Racing Point World Champions. <laughs> Toro uh helmet doesn't allow T-shirts. Sauber, we've just been stocking up on Kimi meme T-shirts. It's going to be hilarious. Do you want an ice cream? waka wacka, wacka with WTF1. Bunch of c***. <laughs> <laughs> um, tenth place, Williams. Remember when Maldonado won a race and then the garage caught fire? That was our championship winning T-shirts. They got weird in the box and then reacted with the air when we opened it, thinking it was a champagne.
0: Uh, hi to wtf1 if you're listening
1: and now it's time for the state of f1 with terry saunders
2: So Lewis Hamilton got a bit cocky this week, saying that Formula One should play around with the format, and why not do it now? After all, I'm bound to win the championship in America, and that's exactly the words he used. Aside from the fact that him wanting to experiment when everyone else is still trying to cement championship positions, this is infuriating as the guy who does flexitime and puts Heart FM on the office radio at 4pm on a Friday because it's the weekend, even if Carol Sass to finish her presentation. <laughs> but let's face it, he's clearly been listening to my 2018 and a half season idea from the last time out, and hats off to the boy. I say boy, he's only five years younger than me, but he said, I think one of the biggest changes that needs to be made at the moment is it's the same four days every weekend, or for some reason he's Mick Jagger, for 21 weekends every <laughs> single year, pretty much. And he's bloody right. He's talking about reverse grids and qualifying races, but some of the races are too boring even for that. I refuse to believe that even the Hungarian Grand Prix could be spiced up with cars out of sequence but don't worry, I have a solution. Last podcast, I mentioned some actually vaguely sensible ideas to fuck things around, but that got no viral traction and they've just announced (laughs) Paddy McGuinness to host fucking Top Gear. Paddy, known for his car-driving catchphrases such as Nor Foggy, Nor Foglighty, is going to be doing japes in fancy cars with his cheeky Northern style, and frankly, what's the fucking point of doing anything anymore? So here goes with my 2019 alternative racing season calendar. Ready? Here we go. Australia, all the drivers have to be racist. Bahrain, the teams have to do a big Grand Prix and try not to mention human rights abuses. China, something to do with the price of steel. Make all cars made out of steel. Azerbaijan, play capture the flag with the castle. Spain, the teams have to compete for a podium. Monaco, collect £200 every time you pass go. Canada, the track is drenched with maple syrup. France, manoeuvre around the striking workers. Austria, cars on skis. Great Britain, teams have to try and make a breakaway series that no one wants. Brexit joke. Germany, economically strong. Hungary, every radio message has to start with, I'm hungry. Belgium, spa is always better in the rain, so they have to wait until it fucking rains. (laughs) Italy, just bring out free food on every lap. Uh, Singapore, make the race in the day, but leave the lights on. Russia, Novichok every fucking where. Japan, the pit stop mechanics have to use chopsticks. Mexico, all the drivers and all the cars are wrapped in tortillas. USA, USA, the black, front, the black drivers are sent to the back and then they're shot by a steward. Brazil, <laughs> livery is only allowed to be in the middle of the car. And Abu Dhabi, do the whole race from the fucking hotel and have WTF1 do a fucking podcast about it. <laughs> wow. I'm very tired. That's
0: it from us. It's goodbye to full Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about Kimmy's triple crown that he has now won. He has set a new record in Formula One. He is the first person to win a race with a V6 car, a V8 car, and a V10 car, which I think we can all agree is quite the
2: record. Well, it just means he's old. Yep.
1: And goodbye to Terry Saunders.
2: We haven't had time to talk about Fernando Alonso is saying that he wants to use an eyeball cam for the last races of the season for his kind of finale from Formula One. And I think we should grant him that wish. But actually what we should do is turn the camera the other way around so it's actually staring at his eyeball. And just so we can just see him gently weeping throughout all the races as he realises what a career, what a golden opportunity. He's totally fucked up by being a dick
1: back in a week's time to discuss the mexican grand prix in the meantime check out our facebook page facebook.com forward slash for f1sake and follow us on twitter at for f1sake you can buy merchandise terry
2: ff1s.com forward slash wtf1 is shit
1: thanks for listening see you in a week i've been g goodbye Bye. bye
2: bye
0: Social Podcast Network. So retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History?
1: Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of kids' classic, The Very Hungry Caterpillar.
0: On Tuesday, how Roquefort became the cheese of kings. On Wednesday, we meet the Jobs and Wozniak of the 1800s.
1: On Thursday, the history of the YMCA, from the city of London to the village
0: people. And on Friday, the edgy musical that made Greece the word. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. 10 minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts.